listening to the Just Go Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbri. This is the podcast where we talk about bicycling just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from all over the nation. So come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Well, I'm having fun lately, Mark. How about you? <laughs> of course, the weather's nice. Um, uh, this weekend, we have a little adventure plan. We're going to go over to the Dubuque Heritage Trail. Okay. Uh, get the, yeah, it's a 26 mile out and back, out and back between Dubuque and uh, Dyersville. Uh, so that should be a good time. Yeah. A little, little bit of hills around there, I, I, if I recall. Not on the trail. The trail's kind of flat and meanders through the hills, so it should be a pretty uh, pretty easy ride. But it is a gravel trail, so it's uh, got a little more resistance than than one might imagine. Okay, well that sounds good. Well, just a few things going on. Obviously, nice weather starts to signify that you know spring is here. I know we got Earth Day coming up. We've got we got Easter. We've got a whole lots of stuff coming up. I mean, things are things are the birds are chirping. I mean, the sun is out. It's going to be eighty degrees this weekend. Lots of people getting out on the bikes. Uh, we've got some great events coming up. I know Pigtails is is basically right around the corner. We're about a month out from Pigtails and and Baycoon's probably about a month after that. And I heard heard we got some big news on Baycoon ride. Yeah, we're announcing uh, the new presenting sponsor, Viridian Credit Union. Uh, they're based all over Iowa, and uh, we're excited. They're going to be open in a branch in Waukee, so they wanted to get behind uh, the Bacon Ride as part of their, uh, part of their uh, community efforts there. A great, great partnership because they're looking to promote that ride just as much as, there, as we are. So uh, that's going to be fun to be working with them. Yeah, that is great news. Great, great news. And obviously we have a, a title sponsor for Pigtails, which is Prairie Trail, where we start off. We've got a mm-hmm. nice new adventure there where we're going to start off in the bowling alley, which is just, um, you know, just a, a neat little place over there in, in Prairie Trail. And so I think that Friday night packet pickup should be a lot of fun. And I know uh, Murph and AP were talking a little bit about it on some of their podcasting, but I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more as we get a little bit closer. But, but real exciting stuff, and um, all these all these rides of the Ragbri Training Series seems to be shaping up pretty well. Sounds like we've got some good interest uh, throughout the state and throughout the the Midwest, don't we, Mark? Yeah, I think we're doing pretty good. Uh, we're running our normal numbers this time of year, so um, we'll know more uh, about how many people are coming. May first is that. That first deadline, and boy, that's going to be here before we know it. So if you haven't registered, uh, get it on your calendar. Do that soon uh, before prices go up. Yeah, sounds good. Well, we had some some nice announcements with Ragbri. I don't know if you saw all those. A um, couple of bands got announced this week. Um, we've already previously announced that we have Park Tornadoes playing over in Centerville and Hairball that was playing in Atlantic. Um, but Indianola just announced two bands that will be playing um, with Ooh. more of a national flavor. We have a band called Sister Hazel out of Gainesville, Florida, my old stomping grounds. And we also announced that we have Big Head Todd and the Monsters that are going to be playing in Indianola. So just a kind of a, a wham-bam, like what a fun night. Just, um, you know, kind of more of a poppy 
group with with Sister Hazel with with you know some tunes that you've heard on the radio, and then you get into some some good jam band music with Big Head Todd and the Monsters. You know a little bit about those bands, Mark? That's going to be two great acts. Uh, that's that's impressive. Uh, you know, for the price of admission on on this bike ride, uh, you get to have some really world class entertainment. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I see uh, each and every summer, I think Big Head Todd plays Red Rocks, and that ticket, I'm going to guess, is, oh, probably 50 bucks plus, I'm, I'm going to guess. So, um, yeah, you really can't beat the value of Ragbri is, is incredible. And, you know, we, we do a lot of cool things with Ragbri, but we could not do it without our towns. And they each challenge themselves to, to make their towns as good as possible. And, We've got some more announcements to come, so that's not the end of really cool bands, I can tell you right now. We've got some other fun ones. Um, I think it's probably going to be the most different lineup you've ever seen on Ragbri. Instead of you know, three nights of heavy mm. metal headbanging or anything like that, it's going to be pretty diverse. And so what if the, cool. your musical tastes aren't... S- quenched on the first or second night wait for the third or the fourth because you know like i said we're, we've got <laughs> more more poppy kind of you know jam bands we've got you know heavy you know head banging of of hairball we've got you know kind of new kind of tunes with with pork tornadoes um i know winter set's got some fun lined up as well so um burlington's going to announce pretty soon and um so we've we've got some more to come so don't don't think that it's over i mean there's there's some fun and then i know fairfield's got some some interesting stuff up their sleeve as well so it's going to be definitely a week of fun don't think you're just going to hang out at your tent because you're not going to want to miss a minute of the entertainment on ragbri awesome awesome what do we have coming up this week on the episode well i think murph interviewed our friend chris meharry you know Chris Mary? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris is yeah. a photographer by, uh, I guess by day, uh, a jerk aficionado. Uh, I don't know if you know the movie The Jerk, but he is a huge Steve Martin The Jerk fan. Um, when he's got a license plate that says Navin R on the back of his car, and you know he's a big Steve Martin fan and, <laughs> of The Jerk. So um, th- not too many people can ever claim that in their life. And so um, I've, I've known Chris for, for many years, um, just a, a good friend of cycling, a good friend of, I think, Iowa events in general. We always see him running around with his bow tie at, at Bacon Fest, and he's a vegetarian. And so it's kind of yeah. kind of ironic that we have a, a vegetarian photographer at Bacon Fest, um, but he's got some signature things. I know he's got pink bikes and, and bow ties and, you know, just a, a delightful guy to be around. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's listen in. Well, hello, Just Go Bike podcast listeners, a.k.a. Murph here for another edition of Just Go Bike and Murphology. Well, today I am live on location. Um, I don't know if we should disclose where we're at. Should we? It's, well, you know what? It could be an item of conversation when people talk to us with us. They'll say, well, where were you? And then we can tell them then. Okay, good. So we're on location at a super secret, undisclosed Location. See, I said location twice. That's okay. Kind of anyway, okay. but I'm here with Mr. Christopher Meharry. 
who is, um, well, we'll get to that part, but okay. hello, Christopher. Well, happy Tuesday to you. That's kind of how yeah. I like to greet people. Excellent. Yeah, happy Tuesday. So an interesting fact about um, us sitting here talking for this podcast live, we're not on the phone with nope. each other, is um, I've seen you, oh, I don't know if 100 times is really correct, but uh, you do photography for a lot of the events that I am part of, um, but I've never like sat with you one-on-one. So this is like a treat for me. Well, how kind of you. I hope yeah. I hope it will continue to be a treat. <laughs> Let's see if we can get through this, right? Right. Yeah. So Just Go Bike is about the social side of cycling. And um, again, I've seen you quite a few times. I've never actually seen you on a bicycle. But with the uh, gift of social media, I know that you do a ton of cycling. Right. Okay. So let's get right into it. Okay. All right. So first question. Tell us where you live and what bicycling is like there. I have the great fortune to live smack dab in the middle of Des Moines. I live in between 56th and 63rd. So beware of stalkers now. Oh, that's that's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Believe it or not, I have the bike trail coast in my backyard. Oh my. And then I can get on my bicycle and coast to the bottom of the hill and that particular bike trail that's in my backyard sneaks around and then it's at the bottom of my street. Ah. Uh, so I can take that, and as we all know, it will lead me north, south, east, or west, along with, in about seven minutes from my house, I can be on mountain bike trails that I can ride for two hours. Nice. So I am, it, it's, it's actually sometimes hard to me for me to fathom that I can be in the middle of the city, mm-hmm. And we can have legitimate mountain bike trails that are quite difficult Mm -hmm. seven minutes from my flipping house. That is, and obviously for everybody else. So Mm -hmm. they have that access. I've always been impressed with, I've talked about it on the podcast before, about um, the quality of bicycling, trails, off-roads, all that kind of stuff within Des Moines. Well, I think the thing is, the, the, the city... And all the municipalities have realized these trails need to link together. They need to make sense. People need to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And subsequently, um, you know, I, I know people who will ride, you know, basically what they call Denman's and Hillside and all those other mountain bike trails. They'll jump on the paved trail, ride through downtown, right over to Sycamore. They'll ride that trail, mountain bike trail system. So subsequently, you, you can go from from one extreme to the other mm-hmm. and still you can, you can get a four-hour ride in and have more than half of it be off-road and then you can combine riding on the trails nice. paved trails nice and a four-hour ride sounds awesome right exactly <laughs> as we're sitting inside and it's yeah. what 70 some degrees i got my there. ride in this morning i got an oh, hour good. and a half i rode uh down to coming and back and uh takes about an hour and a half and it's it was beautiful oh nice very nice um well tell the listeners why you ride your bicycle uh, very interesting. Um, I owe my passion and my, uh, my addiction to a dear friend of mine named Brian Farrell. Mm. He raced his bicycle in college, and I went to his, uh, one of his races called the Mercy Classic that they used to have downtown. And it was a criterium, and it was 1988, and uh, he got off his bike, and of course, me being curious, I just jumped on it. <laughs> and I started riding around a little bit, and I had never been on a legitimate, real bicycle. And I had been running just to keep my fitness, and I thought, whoa, 
I could get a real bike, go faster and farther, and, and have fun. Mm-hmm. So literally, that next week, I think I went and bought a bicycle from Bar Bicycle down and uh, on, uh, well, heck, I guess that's Clive. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I mean, it's it has been um, something that's been a huge passion of mine mm-hmm. since 1988. Nice. And Criterium isn't that where you're racing within the city limits, so they close down the streets? Closed course. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because I don't 100% remember the course at that time, but I know that it was it was downtown proper because if you think about it, you know, 1988, East Village was, I mean, it existed, but I don't know that it was even called East Village. Sure. And there wasn't the Western Gateway. Mm-hmm. So you would not have looped around there. There would have been no reason to. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, you know, they make that thing called the Internet. We could probably go look it up. <laughs> um. Okay, so that was your first bike, and I know, again, from social media, that you have multiple bikes, and of course, I'm going to say I do too. I mean, who doesn't? But there are probably listeners out there that don't have multiple bikes for multiple reasons, so some listeners may say, why? Well, you know, and then that is a good question. Um, You know, the thing about cycling for me, cycling is truly the only thing I do as far as my hobby or extracurricular. So Mm -hmm. I don't ride a motorcycle on a boat. I don't fish. I don't play golf. And I'm not making fun of those activities. It's just that so, quote, all my eggs are in one basket. So, Mm -hmm. for instance, the one thing that really, uh, one new bike that I I have a fat bike now. Nice. And it was kind of interesting because I'd been holding off and holding off thinking, you know, I love my mountain bike, and mm-hmm. it, it, it does just fine. But obviously, up until this past winter, we hadn't had a lot of snow mm-hmm. and or a reason. And I'll be honest, now that I'm close to being 52 years old, it's kind of fun to ride a bicycle that's just a smidgen more stable. Sure. And then basically what, you've, what you're able to do is turn a portion of your brain off and enjoy it one more notch because you're not having to think, okay, what's this terrain like, you know, um, but this, I learned a heck of a lot this past winter, um, because we did get various snow conditions. Mm -hmm. And plus when you ride your bike in the winter, I ride six days a week. doesn't matter what the temperature is. Mm -hmm. So with a fat bike, they're geared a lot lower. Mm -hmm. So you can just ride along, not have to go as fast because we all know it's the wind that gets you cold. Right, right. So if you if you gear if you wear the right gear, you know all you're trying to do is spin and, and, and get some good recreation out of it. Mm-hmm. So that that really helped. And I've got a road bike, I've got a cyclocross bike, um, and then a normal quote mountain bike. So mm-hmm. four four regular bicycles mm-hmm. that I rotate. Um, and it, you know I have a fat bike as well. And it's so funny. Um, my I had some family. My brother and his wife and kids were in like Mexico recently. Uh, it was the winter time, and they all rented fat bikes and rode them on the beach. And so um, my little nephew was like, "I don't understand why you would, you know, riding a fat bike in the snow because they're made for sand." And so it was just a funny, right, a different situation. But you know, they were able to cruise around in the sand just like we can cruise around in the snow. So it was kind of funny. Well, I, you know, that's it's interesting you bring that up because the next next thing I want to do is I've got some friends who kind of have a fun loop. I know around um, Sailorville area, they ride oh. on the sandbars and, and next to the, the, and I want to do that too, because yeah. obviously on a normal bike, you, you can't do that. Right. So fat bike it is. Right, right. <laughs> um, so it, probably for me, it's kind of common sense, but tell the listeners how you decide which bike to ride. 
Well, no, I think that's interesting. You're right. So a lot of times for me, um, now we're at least getting into um, temperatures that you can kind of count on and or... For instance, if you take off at, let's say, 7.30 in the morning, you know for an absolute fact, the whole time you're riding, it's getting warmer. Oh, sure. So mm-hmm. then you can sit there and think, okay, maybe I, c- I can get away with riding my road bike or I can get away with riding my cyclocross bike. Now, to a lot of some people, they might not know a cyclocross bike or a gravel-type bicycle looks optically like a road bike. Mm-hmm. The geometry's a smidgen different, and you've got... Um, a little more knobs on your tire so it gives you a little more traction Mm -hmm. also the tire width is usually a little wider Mm -hmm. so on a normal paved trail that bike will slow you down a little bit more Mm because you're dealing with a little more resistance so you know it's it's to me my bike choice is where am I going Mm -hmm. and what's the temperature Mm -hmm. because even heck even less than two weeks ago I rode my fat bike because it was it was 30 degrees, mm-hmm. and I thought, and it's only going to be 30 degrees the whole time I'm out, 30 right. to 35, and it's windy, but I still need to ride. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the bike I chose. Nice. Um, and for me, same thing what you just said, but it's also sometimes about um, the distance. You know, if I'm going to be biking 50 miles, I may choose a different bike than if I'm biking 10. But right, no, it's it's. I don't like to use a, a medieval thing, but, uh, you know, choose your weapon, as I think sometimes yeah. we say. <laughs> well, uh, I'm assuming that you uh, have been on a biking adventure or two in your life uh, since you've been biking. Uh, give us an example of a couple of biking adventures. Adventures, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I I got, I kind of took my cycling and then, and then kind of ramped it up and ramped it up and, and got probably... Some people might say a little too serious. Um, I really, really got into racing my mountain bike. I mean, I, I did some road racing, mm. but if, if you initially, I was probably the most passionate. If you would take my cycling career up till now and say, okay, where did I put my most effort and time? It was in racing my mountain bike. And um, I would go um, at least twice a month up to Minnesota. They had a big mountain bike race series. Um, Would that be like a single track? Where you're single track trails. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting when you go up north, uh, it's more densely uh, trees mm-hmm. it's, and, and then tree roots. Um, and, and cycling in general, um, yes, it's popular in, in Iowa, but it, it, it's a little more exponentially as far as racing and just riding in general mm-hmm. in Minnesota area. And so, you know, the competition would, would honestly triple when I would go up there. Um, but I think the most, as far as the adventure, I remember racing in um, Scottsdale, Arizona, and then uh, it was an event called the Cactus Cup. And uh, we literally, a dear friend of mine and I, got in my car. We drove 24 hours from Des Moines down to Scottsdale, and it truly was an 80-degree temperature swing. And so here we are racing in in desert conditions mm-hmm. in over rocks and things and you know the funny thing about Iowa is if you see a rock sometimes you want to go over it because we don't really have rocks per se right so that was very very different um, and to to test your skills against people that are from Arizona and you're from Iowa mm-hmm. it's a whole different deal mm-hmm. so. yeah and the terrain like you mentioned is completely different like if you look at Iowa you're looking at um, tree limbs. Um, probably a lot of dense 
you know, like vegetation and such. Right. All I can right. think of Arizona is, you know, not crashing into a cactus. We did, yeah, well, yeah, I, I, which I did that. <laughs> yeah, it was that was kind of fun to pick uh, pick cactus spines out of my arm. But yeah, yeah that was. And that's by fun. fun, you meant not fun. Well, you know, you, I was younger then, so yeah. the, the novelty of it was kind of entertaining. Sure. <laughs> um, so you have been the official photographer for some of our bike rides, um, our events like Pigtails, which is coming up, and the Bacon Ride. Um, I believe you've been at the Ragbrae Ride announcement party. So right. all kinds of good um, events where people are maybe out of their comfort zone or they're in their element when they're on their bicycles. So what's it like to photograph people as they're enjoying their time on a bike? It's it's right when you said that it put a big when you were explaining that it put a big smile on my face because what Ragbri made me realize all the years ago people get super excited about riding their bicycles and it doesn't matter if it's a brand new bicycle if it's an old bicycle right. if it fits them if it doesn't if they're in shape if they're not because it's kind of the it, it's the ultimate equalizer mm-hmm. that bike is and. The rides that you have referenced have really enabled people to have camaraderie mm-hmm. and, and, and just laugh and have fun. I mean, you know, I'll be honest, the pigtails ride is probably becoming one of my favorite to photograph. Oh, good. Because the women get so jacked up. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget the first year, the weather was a little suspect. Yeah. And I, if I remember correctly, I think there was only 5% of the people that did not ride. You are correct. And mm-hmm. it just, I just thought these, you know, these women were so excited to be out there and they, they just wanted to ride their bikes. Mm-hmm. And um, then last year, it, it, it kind of that excitement doubled because they knew what to expect as mm-hmm. far as the route. And then for me, it's kind of fun. I'm known as the, the, the bow tie wearing photographer that's going right. to make it fun. Right. So then it was like, oh, hey, he's back. Great. Great to see you. And they're all amazingly kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that I, was, I, was, I thought was really fun to see, there were a lot of serious cyclists. You could tell by their gear. Mm-hmm. And their and their bikes, mm-hmm. and you could tell they knew what to do. They were they were really riders, and you know, the ride has also been. I sound like an infomercial for the ride, but <laughs> but I, I think the, it just it grows because you know people like being attended to. Mm-hmm. You know, make it something that I can one that I it's really finishable, mm-hmm. and that you pay attention. You have food stops, you have drink stops, you have potty stops, all these things. So if I want to have a beer, I can. If I don't want to, that's fine. Yeah. If I don't want to have a power bar, I can have one. But if I don't, that's fine. Yep. Um, you know, and the, you know the tweed ride. You know, we talk about things that you know. I I, I tend to love fashion. Anybody who knows me, I'm, I'm I'm probably into that too much. But but that's a celebration of a bike and and fashion. Mm-hmm. And you will see some of the most beautiful bicycles. And it's 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 a parade on bikes, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get to stand on my stand on my car once a year. I stand on and take a take a big group shot with the downtown in the background. Oh, you're and the photographer yes, for that one. Yes, ah, I love that photo. Oh, it's it, always fun, and, and it keeps getting bigger. And it bigger. does. It does. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. Wide angle is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and I I tend to also make sure I change it into black and white because mm-hmm. it kind of makes it a little timeless. Yeah. That, but uh, yeah. No, so so getting to photograph people on bicycles is very fun. Yeah, which now we got to do a shameless plug. Okay. Uh, MeharyPhotography.com. 
Yes. Chris, yeah, maryphotography.com. Yes. That's you. Yeah. All right. Everybody, should we give them a second to go to it right now? Well, it's... Yeah, they can write it. Yeah, just write it down. Write that's it down right. and go later that's after right. you're done listening to this. That's right. So. Okay. So uh, this topic, the power of the pickle. Um, you may or may not laugh at this, but um, I know a little bit about what the pickle stands for and what it means to you. But I was at, uh, I believe it was Fong's in Cedar Rapids, and there is a sticker of the pickle on um, the the beer cooler. Uh, the beer cooler, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I think that's Christopher Mary. And so now we have to tell. Uh, people may see this pickle sticker here and there and everywhere. So tell us about this. It means a lot that you brought that up. Yeah. So, my mother, when I was younger, um, she would she her little phrase was "Oh shit!" Okay. If something happened, that was her phrase. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, as what will happen when I got a little older, I started repeating that. <laughs> so she had to come up with a new phrase, and it was "Oh pickle." And she then went on to play a lot of tennis, and if she'd miss a shot, she'd say, "Oh pickle." Mm-hmm. Or if something, like good example, the NCAA tournament was just was just on. She loved watching those games. And so if something funny happened or bad happened, she'd use that word or phrase, excuse me. She said that so much that my father got her that on her license plate for a car. Really? So that was pretty fun. She was known as the pickle. That was a pickle lady. Well, um, th- probably three and a half years ago, she was diagnosed with her terminal cancer. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I was, ride- I was riding my bicycle. And I thought, what can I do to kind of commemorate my mother or kind of rally around my mother? And, of course, the whole pickle thing came up. So as we referenced before, they make that thing called the Internet. (laughs) So I just went and typed in cartoon pickle. And this kind of happy-go-lucky thumbs-up pickle came up. And I thought, you know what, that's it. So I had 1,500 of those stickers made. And my friends would put those on their bicycles, put them on their race numbers, Mm -hmm. um, tag restaurants, tag places. I ended up having it tattooed right above my right wrist. Nice. Um, And it really really commemorated my mother, Mm -hmm. made me feel just absolutely wonderful. And uh, just just two weeks ago on the uh, gents race, I was riding with uh, some great friends of mine. And all of a sudden, things were getting a little, you know, it was... 45, 50 miles in, and I thought, you know, it's getting a little tough. And I looked over, and on my dear friend Rob Versteg's top tube was the pickle sticker, and it was kind of interesting. All of a sudden, I just smiled, and things things weren't that hard anymore. Yeah, got your second win. That's right. All right. right. So she's always around. I was going to say, she's always around. She's with always you. around. That's a great story. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and on a side note, you have a pink bicycle. At least one of them is. Uh Three of them are. Three of them. Okay. I well, kind of have a little pink, uh, and it's in it's it's a pastel version. So it's kind of I'm kind of a little high maintenance when it comes to that. But it's kind of my my wife said a while ago that I, I sucked all the fun out of pink in our household. Oh. So it's okay. She just she she likes to give me a little grief. Well, people may or may not know, but I also have three pink bikes. Ooh. Yeah, and I had mine custom painted. Um, the brand name on two of my bikes is called Gunner, which is sure. made by Waterford. Sure. And the custom color is called Pink Panther. So it's the Pink Panther color. So I don't think our bikes have ever been in the same space, but they must at that, some point. That that will change soon. Yeah. Because from your photographs, they look like they're very close to the same pink. I, uh, my, I, it, I'm so bad that I carry a paint swatch in the armrest of my vehicle. And, and the, mine is called Pink Persuasion. Oh, okay. So it's very, very similar. Very, very cool. 
Um, well, how do you see cycling continuing to be in your future? You know, just the other day I said to somebody, I wonder when I'm going to let cycling just be more of a relaxed portion of my life versus um, feeling like I still need to somewhat train to be fast and, and take it seriously. And I think, I mean, I think it's going to be a while before I, before I do relax for the mm-hmm. simple fact that I still enjoy the competitiveness of it. Mm-hmm. I like being fit. Um, uh, I use I use my brains a little more than my brawn mm-hmm. at times because, as you know, knowing where to be and knowing to draft and this and that. But it's um, I've met the dearest my dearest friends in my life all through cycling, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I just believe in being healthy. I think that's something that that it's it's super ingrained in, in who I am, mm-hmm. and you know I'm a. I'm a huge advocate of Des Moines, and as you well know, when you're on a bicycle, you can see a lot of things. So I try to make sure and vary my routes so then I can see what is happening in Des Moines. You know, Des Moines proper, West Des Moines, you know, all the all the different um, suburbs. So, you know, you can see a little bit more when you're on a bike versus in a car. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing, looking into the future, as long as, um, you know, we maintain fairly healthy lifestyle um, because we're both in our 50s right we could bike for many 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 more years and still be very active well it's interesting you bring that up because because my schedule is kind of goofy as a photographer there are times when I will go out and ride at two o'clock in the afternoon Mm -hmm. so when the average person in their 50s can't or doesn't Mm -hmm. um, so I see a lot of the retirees out and I see them they're like clockwork, as mm-hmm. they say. And, and what makes me super happy about that is there's multiple multiple things, but I can tell they feel safe. Mm-hmm. They feel safe. They, they know they have a true place to recreate, and it makes sense to them. Um, because I know, I know it's a weird analogy, but it's, it's somewhat like somebody of their age that might be walking at the mall. They yeah. feel safe there. Sure. They, they, they make that time commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... There's there's a there's a strength in numbers, aspect with mm-hmm. that, and it, it, it is wonderful that the cities, all the municipalities, like I said, they take care of those trails. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because they know, every, for every day that they don't get that little layer of silt off, there's people <laughs> that that aren't that aren't very happy about yep, it, and yep. it's interrupting their recreation. Right. And that's not good. Right. Agreed. Um, any bike events on your 2019 calendar? It's interesting you say that because I, I had really trained quite hard for the gents race because, um, one, I don't ever like to let my teammates down. And uh, I just figured, you know, three, three and a half to four hours on the gravel, I want to enjoy it. Right. I don't want to, you know, struggle through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do really do want to participate I'm going to um, make sure I'm in a, uh, at least one to three mountain bike races this year. Mm. Um, and I want to be on a gravel race. And I may even put myself in a road race. Criteriums are kind of out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife gets a little crabby if she thinks, you know what, that, that could be a little more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she thinks I pushed the envelope just a little bit. You don't think you do? Well, I did kind of break my thumb oh. earlier this winter, but oh. it was not that big a deal. Sure. I mean, you know what just, I always say? I got another one. I was going to say, you have another one. I got another one. one. And it was fine. It was just, you know, I always, and I sometimes use the joke that the, the bike falls down, not me. Oh. 
Okay. But that's not obviously, you know, right, as, yeah. you've got to, as we all know, you've got to do something to cause your bike to fall down. <laughs> exactly right, yeah. And then a bike event that you um, will not be biking in, but you will be at Pigtails again this year, correct? Most certainly. It's a yeah. rite of passage. Yeah, so pigtailsride.com uh, for ladies out there listening who have not registered yet. Um, Christopher will be at the High Trestle Bridge taking photos and you can see last year's and the year before, and they're amazing. Well, you're very kind. What, what happens is, I'm always very intrigued. There is a lot of traffic, because I can keep track of how many people go to look at look at that gallery. Oh, okay. And people definitely go look. Mm-hmm. And, and they know that all they have to do is go go there, find themselves, download it, grab it. Yeah. They've got a good shot. And, yeah. you know, no offense to phones, but phone's a phone. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to think my skills are a little more high-tuned than a phone. Oh, definitely. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's a built-in souvenir. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, thank you. It's it's yeah. very, very fun. Yeah, I'm always looking forward to it. Um, okay, last question. Uh, what advice would you offer someone maybe new to cycling? You know, you're a Mr. Six-Day-A-Week guy. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I thought a lot about this question. Um, and thank you, by the way, for giving me a little um, the questions ahead of time to think. Yeah. But, um I mentioned my dear friend Brian Farrell, and very few people, um, whatever sport or whatever activity they're getting into, have the great fortune of having someone who truly can teach them the entire time, and Brian did. For instance, he taught me how to use my gears, taught me how to do what's called hold your line, meaning don't wobble all around, mm-hmm. ride in a straight line. You know, it taught me, for instance, relax your shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know, all those things. He says, you will get bumped into, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and understanding what gear to buy, because as we all know, gear makes a humongous it, it, difference. Yeah. And don't buy something you don't need per se, mm-hmm. but but also kind of all those things are super important. I just had a conversation with a, a woman this morning who was getting into cycling, and she asked me and, and for any tips. And I said, well, if you're coming from running, really understand to use your knowledge of cardiovascular exercise, but also understand you have gears, you have options. Because mm-hmm. the one thing I see that, that, that really, sometimes I want to turn around and chase somebody down is say, you need to shift. Yes. Meaning you see people pushing yes. huge gears. Now, very seldom we see people spinning too much. Right. But you right. will see the opposite. And then I, what I think is, that's gonna take the joy away from that mm-hmm. because you're laboring. And it's life-changing once oh you figure out gosh. how to use gears. You know, gosh, they're there. Use them. Mm-hmm. Along with maybe the fit, the fit of a bike. We Every once in a while, you'll see somebody who's riding a bike that you can tell is either too big or too small. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, well, it was a gift to me. And I'll say, well, yeah, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it's kind of like getting a set of golf clubs that are too long or too short. Right. It's hindering your performance. It's right. hindering your enjoyment. Um, and every once in a while, the thing is, I would say, it is important to get a helmet. You can get a helmet for $30. Mm-hmm. Protect your head. Mm-hmm. Um, they're super lightweight and they're comfortable. Um, so those are, those are some of the, the, the things. But also, really show respect to your bike shop. Mm-hmm. They're not just trying to sell you something. Yeah. They're trying to help you. Because if they, quote, just try to sell you something and you come back and say, I didn't need this, it doesn't work or whatever, they're shooting themselves in the foot. Right. They truly just want you to enjoy their bike, your bike because right. they enjoy their bikes. It's counterproductive mm-hmm. to get you set up in a manner that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And it's always smart to shop local. Oh, my gosh. Everybody, yeah. every cyclist will tell you that, yes. shop local. Yes. So. Well, Christopher, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was 
awesome. Well, you're 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 quite kind. I uh, and I, I meant this when I when I responded to the email. It's been it's been it was an honor to be asked. Yeah. Um, it's something I'm probably ridiculously passionate about, and um, you know I just I just think the more people on bikes is better, um, and and I'm really thankful to live in a you know a state that truly values cycling. Oh yeah. And they truly put their money where their mouth is, and also. Um, I think people in general that don't cycle are aware that there are people that do. Mm-hmm. And I think those things, and, and it's, it's pretty important to coexist. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's always a, we could get into a whole podcast oh, yeah. Yeah. about that, yes. coexisting. Yes. The, the big word respect that I think is important. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, meharyphotography.com is where listeners need to go to check out Christopher's work um, as far as career. Um, but then hopefully you'll see him out on the trail sometime in a pink bike and you can say, hey, right? That's right, exactly. Yeah. Well, listeners, I leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of Murphology, and this quote comes from today's guest, Christopher Meharry. Remember to be kind to yourself. Think about it. All right, another one in the books, another one bites the dust, however you want to call it. This podcast has come to the conclusion, and it's another one in the books, and we appreciate you tuning in each and every week. Um, this podcast has been a lot of fun doing it, and, and Mark and I try to entertain you a little bit. Murph has some great interviews each and every week. This week was no exception, and uh, we're very fortunate because... You know, we talked about Bacoon Ride getting a new sponsor, but you know what? We've had some great sponsors of this podcast for for many, many years now. And who are those sponsors, Mark? Think Iowa City and its curious surrounding communities. If you're looking for Jingle Cross World Cup of Cycling, or if you're looking for uh, the Big Rove Ride, go no further than Think Iowa City. Uh, Bikes to you, one of the best bike shop charters. One of the best bike shops and one of the best ragbride bike shops that you can find based in Grinnell, Iowa, so visit bikes to you. Finally, if you're looking for custom bike jerseys, shorts, or apparel, look no further than Primal. Uh, that Denver, Colorado company is your one-stop shopping for all the apparel you need. Primal wear. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Couldn't do it without those fine folks. So uh, thank you for always supporting the Jisco Bike Podcast. So we say, hey, if you're not subscribing, you're missing out. You could miss an edition. One could slip by you, you know, and we don't want that to happen. So make sure you're getting that subscription on Google uh, Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, whatever, wherever you're getting those those things. I mean, two coconuts, it doesn't matter. If you if you can get this podcast, we appreciate it. Uh, but if you subscribe, you won't miss any of them. And each and every week, we're going to bring it to you. And hopefully you listen, and if you've got suggestions for us or ideas for a podcast, let's hear it. Because we'd love to have your uh, ideas, and we'll kick them around and see if we can make those come true. So, Mark, any words to leave our wise listeners with this week? Yeah, bicycling. When you're on the road, you want to ride with the flow of traffic, so generally you stay to the right-hand side of the road, just as far as practicable. That doesn't mean as far as possible, uh, but as far as it might be safe for you. Um, you should be able to take the lane whenever you need to and uh, be safe out there. Don't ride against the flow of traffic.
Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.